Oral History with Mrs Gray. Hello. Hello girls, it's really nice to be able to come and speak with you. Um, I'm having a lot of um, memories flooding back into my mind from when I was a little girl. And the first thing I can remember is when I was a tiny top, you all wear ooh, Velcro shoes, slip-on shoes. Yeah, lace-ups? Yes, we had lace-ups. But little girls used to wear button shoes. We had bar shoes. Button shoes? Yes, with buttons. And we didn't have buckles. And if your button came off, then your mummy would sew it on for you, or you'd take it to the shoemakers to have stitched properly. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. And uh, that's the thing that I remember from when I was really, really tiny. When we, during the war, I think you want to learn about that, don't you? You want to hear about that, yes? Um, we're coming up towards Christmas time now, and Christmas time, during the war, you couldn't go out to the shops and buy decorations or anything. You had to make your own. And when I was a little girl, the milkman used to deliver the milk. You didn't go to the supermarket, you didn't have them, or go to a store to buy anything like that. The milkman always delivered the milk. And the measurements that we had, of course, I think you don't even know about, they were really old-fashioned. It used to be a one-pint or a half-pint bottle. But on the tops of the bottles, we had lovely shiny foil caps. And they were in gold, if I remember, um, silver. You had three types of milk. And one was silver, I think, with green. So we saved all these tops up and persuaded our mummies to order different types of milk so we could get an assortment of tops. And we cleaned them and we strung them on string. And that's how we decorated our Christmas tip tree for the year I remember particularly during the war. Yes, if we didn't have them, you couldn't go out and buy foil or things like that. And my daddy, when I was little, I really, really wanted a doll's house. And he took a whole year to make them one. Because you couldn't go out in the shops and buy very many toys. There was not very much selection during the war at all. And he took a whole year to make it. And he did such a wonderful job. He actually made reproduction furniture for it as well. But after the war, there was a very special, um, very well-known uh, furniture store in Harrow, which is now long gone. It was huge. And it was such a beautiful doll's house. And because he'd made it, they put in an article in the local Harrow newspaper, which I'm sorry, I haven't had time to go and source for you. And um, he actually had it on show in the window for quite a long time. And oh. I do remember now, it's popped in my head, the name of the furniture store was Adams. So I had a very, very special Christmas that year with my wonderful doll's house, which everyone absolutely envied because it was so beautiful. And of course, my daddy had made it for me. But where it is today, I do not know. I think it must have been sold many, many years ago. I can't remember which member of the family it went to or what happened to it at all. Are there any questions you'd like to ask me about that particular time? And um, what did you look forward to each morning? Um, going to school when I began school, because I actually went to a very nice convent school, but it was extremely strict. And one of the things that I began to become older when I was seven, it was so safe in England again. 
and certainly in the Harrow area, that I was allowed to walk from my home to the bus stop every morning. And I was allowed to have some pennies and travel to school on the bus. And on the bus then, my bus number was uh, 114 bus, which no longer goes to Wingstone. It now has a different route some years ago. And one morning, I walked to the bus stop up by Harrow bus station, as it was there now. It was just the ordinary station. And I stood in line, and I got on the bus, and I paid my pennies for my bus fare. And I sat there, extremely grown up, very happy. I was going off to school. And, to my horror, the bus turned, instead of left, it turned right. And I became very agitated and very upset. What on earth was going on? What was wrong? And I started to cry. And so the bus conductor, because you had a bus driver and a bus conductor who used to give you old-fashioned tickets, he had a, a, an actual a machine around his neck, and he used to ding the ticket and give you the ticket, and asked me what was wrong. And he actually stopped the bus, everybody waited. And I sobbed and said, well, I go to school on the bus, and I've got on the bus, and um, it's going the wrong way. He said, oh dear, we roadworks. You stood in the same place to get on the bus, but you got on the wrong number. You didn't look, did you? I said, no. And he was very kind. He actually walked me all the way back along the road and gave me some of my fare back, my pennies, and put me on the right bus. That's so nice. And I brought, you would never ever have that happen today. And everybody was quite happy for the bus to be left while he sorted me out. And off I went on my way on the correct school. Did you get um, No, I can't remember. I don't think I was late. I think I'd allowed a lot of time. But I went to a very strict convent school. What was the name of your school? The name of the school was the Sacred Heart. Now, the Sacred Heart in those days used to be a private school like this one. And we were taught by um, the nuns there, who were very, very strict. I can remember one of the sisters' names, I remember it all my life, because they were so strict. I was standing in a line, waiting to go into my classroom, we were lining up on the playground, and suddenly, out of the blue, I felt, at the back of my legs, a tremendous whack. And it was this sister, she was called Sister Dimpler. And I was actually standing only a fraction of the line. I wasn't talking, I wasn't doing anything. Else. And she came along and she slapped me with the ruler across the back of my legs. It was so strict because it turned out I was a fraction of the line. Like this much. <laughs> and being that it was a very strict Catholic school in those days, if you ran along a corridor, then that was an absolute sin and we were in big trouble. And every corner you turned in the school was a statue. And for those of you who are not Catholic, if you see a statue when you go to church, you, you, you actually bow, you, they call it genuflet, you know, in front of um, statues. And if you were caught and you didn't, again, you were in really serious big trouble. It was very, very serious. We used to go to school then, and we used to learn our times table, and we used to sing it. That's how we learned our times table, which I think these days would be a good old-fashioned tip for you girls. 
I happen to know that my own granddaughter has a problem with taking it. <laughs> Maybe quite a few of you. But because of that, mostly, I'm getting older now, but mostly when I think of the time table, immediately it pops into my brain the answer because we learnt it that way. So those are the things basically I can remember to start off with about going to school around about, well, like a little bit younger than you, obviously eight. Right. Um, what was your favourite pastime? What did you do on the weekends? On the weekends we used to walk a lot. Not very many people had cars. Uh, my daddy had a very huge black Morris car. And it had a thing. He used to take us out um, to the other side of Casper Park, which was very much countryside then. We would take the dog and we would walk. And we would have picnics. Um, and that had what they called a an air joint, a running board, and um, it was a little bit like a gangster type car you see on the TV now in films. Um, it was a very large, long car, and it had a board, that you, an edge that you stood on as you got into the car. And if you got in very late night, it was really nice. <laughs> um, other things that we would do, um, we would go and visit grandparents, which used to be, I had a grandmother who lived in New York. We used to go by train from Harrow, and it, that necessitated us to change different trains to get there. And then Evening Common used to be a huge common, I think it's still quite large now. And a lot of the houses that lead off the huge wide roads, huge houses, with very, very beautiful gardens. I haven't been there for a long time, so I don't know what it's like today. And then other things we would do, um, we would have a treat, we would again go by train to London and we would visit museums and places of interest. The parents in those days used to do a lot more with their children than you appear to um, now, because we didn't have television in London. Yes? Um, what was your favourite lesson? My favourite lesson um, really became history. And the reason for that is, um, when I left the convent school, when I was 11, I was sent to boarding school in um, Hampshire. And that was really quite different, because it was a new experimental type of school. You didn't have many schools in those days that you had co-ed boys and girls. This was a boarding school, boys and girls, which was quite unusual. And we didn't wear a uniform, we were allowed to wear our own clothes. And we used to go out on a thing on Friday called Local Survey. And there we went out for the day for a coach trip. And the kitchen would pack up rolls and we'd have a picnic lunch. And we'd go in the winter as well, most Fridays of the school term. And we'd go around really interesting places like Salisbury Cathedral, Winchester. Um, we'd even do interesting things like um, I'm trying to remember the name of where it was now. Um, it may come to me, but there was a little carpet factory um, around the area, and that was extremely interesting when they made carpets the old way, they still do today. Um, the name may pop back into my hair, I've forgotten at this precise moment. Um, we would go and thoroughly enjoy ourselves. I've still got lots of photographs tucked away somewhere. The boys and girls I spent my time with at that school. But there was a downside. On Saturday morning, we all had to attend school until 1 o'clock. 
And can you guess what it's for? Was it um, like arithmetic and stuff like that? No. We had to spend the entire time from 9 until 1 o'clock using all the notes that we'd taken, all the facts, all the interesting things we'd noted down. We had to write the most enormous essay. I'm very Why? good at Was writing. That every Saturday? Every Saturday. Why? That's the way they taught us. They made it very interesting. But you learned about architecture as well, and that's why my favourite subject to this day is history and architecture. Yeah. After school, what would you do? At boarding school. Oh, no, no, before you went to boarding school. Before I went to boarding school, um, well, we'd, we'd come home. Um, I went to dancing classes, ballet classes as a little girl, but that was quite local. Um, of course, we'd have homework. But we'd always been in bed around about a set time because we didn't have television at all. When television arrived, it was black and white, and it was a tiny little screen. And my family was the first in the street that we lived on the road to actually own one. And all the neighbours came and had a look. <laughs> yes? Um, in your preschool before you went to boarding school, what school uniform did you wear? Or did you <coughs> school, school uniform at the convent was um, very interesting. You'd hate it today, and I'm sure your mums would hate it, because um, particularly in the summer, it was a cream linen dress with lots of little red bows and buttons on it. It was really, really fussy. And when we went out, um, summer or winter, particularly in the summer, we had little white gloves, and we had white Panama hat with the elastic underneath like you wear. Like the straw ones? Yes, yes, but they, they were predominantly more pale white. Very, very pale. And if we were seen out of school, um, out of school hours, and we were wearing any part-time uniform, it had to be the whole uniform. So if your mother came and collected you at the gate, or your aunt, or your dad, or anybody, um, and were taking you perhaps out for afternoon tea or something, if you took your hat off, and you removed your gloves in public whilst you were actually out on the street, any member of the public could um, get in touch with the school and report you for not being in full uniform. And then at the next assembly, the headmistress would say, someone has reported one of the girls who has not been wearing their school uniform, their full uniform, perhaps they have caught their daughter. Well, people, if they saw you, would ring up the school. Oh, or no, if you were eating, fine, but if you were formally walking out on the street or you were in a shop with your parents or anything like that... Did you ever get caught? No, I think you would need two shoes. <laughs> but if you were caught, um, they would just inform the school and at the assembly the headmistress would turn around and say, one of the girls has been reported, you know, will that girl please own up? Did you And it was, it was a great... Thing that no one really wanted to happen, no one wanted it to be known at all. It was very strict. Um, was this the same thing as your other school as well? No, no. When I went to boarding school, it was totally the opposite. Did you yeah. have a uniform? The only uniform we had was a blazer. Okay. It was a, it was a, a progressive new type of school, um, which for me was very interesting. Um, I was quite a shy little girl in those days, especially having been at a very strict conference school. One of the things I can remember 
uh, again, a nasty thing, I think, was um, the headmaster. We had a headmaster and his wife, and then we had um, teachers who were head of your house in your dorm that you were in. And I hated kippers. I didn't like fish very much. And we had kippers for supper one day, and the whole school was made to sit until I consent to eat the kipper. But I didn't. And they all sat and sat and sat. And the headmaster thought he would shame me because the entire school was kept waiting, just sitting, that I would eat it, but I didn't. Did you get told off? I got told off, but no way. It would make me look sick was I going to eat it. But he just thought he would beat me by making me feel shameful that I kept everybody in the school sitting for so long. It's just one of the things I particularly remember. We wanted to ask about, oh sorry. Um, was your house very big? Yes, it was a very large house because um, in, you had more sort of middle class to upper class people when I was a child. And even um, if you were sort of middle class, uh, etc., you will know about that. Um, most of your mothers would always have a daily that came in. We, we always had a daily that came in and did help with the washing iron and certainly all the cleaning. Always had a daily lady that came in. Mothers in those days didn't particularly uh, in the household to any degree. Um, also, because they didn't have all the things that you have today, um, you had a fridge, um, but you didn't have washing machines in the same way. And the irons were more old-fashioned. You had coal fires um, more than um, you did have um, an electric fire, but very, very old-fashioned. They were usually used for emergencies. Uh, um, also, in uh, the garden, my dad was very clever, and he built us a swimming pool. Really? Yes, kind of child size, quite a smallish one, but one that I could have about um, eight friends in enjoyed. Um, also, during the war, um, it was very difficult to um, get food, particular food you just didn't get at all. So we actually kept chickens in our garden, it's a large garden as well, so that we had fresh eggs. Also at the very end of the garden, we built an air raid shelter. And the air raid shelter was where we went when then we knew the bombs coming over. Um, we've still got them today, I believe. Um, but there's a siren the whole of the Harrow area, they would press a button and firing it may have made a particular noise would tell you to leave whatever you were doing to go to a bomb shelter to be safe. And then when it was all over, there would be a different sound on the siren and then you knew that that was the all clear. So you could come out of hiding in another way. Um, you, if you say you were at school and the siren went off, what would you do there? Did they have bomb shelters they did, at school? Yes, they were they bigger than the ones than the ones that you'd have at home? Uh, well, they came in different sizes, but they would obviously have several of the larger size. What was inside the bomb shelters? Um, well, whatever you care to put in. I mean, there were lots of bomb shelters that people had. Uh, we used to have camp beds, and you had extra bedding, and you had water, and you had tin food and things, in case you happened to be in there for a long time. The longest I can ever remember was we would perhaps be taken down, we'd be asleep and carried down 
we come to a little bit after we've gone to bed in the evening and sometimes we wake up and find we're in the bomb shelter in the morning because it's been a particularly heavy night for the planes coming over. So. so does that mean that that um would you stay would you ever have stayed in the bomb shelter for like an awful long time, like over a period of yeah, what's the days? Or no, no, I can only ever remember waking up in the morning and still being there. Um, I think for people who lived right in the centre of London, um, probably they spent more time because that was the area that they were trying to bomb, you know, to make sure that people couldn't go to work, that the trains wouldn't work and the buses wouldn't run. What was the longest amount of time you were in that they tried to bomb? Uh, I would say overnight, that's right. Say if you were just like on the street and there were, um, and all, all of a sudden the sirens went off, how would you get you would to go to the nearest one and have them in the, in the street? Did they just have them? Yeah. And if you were in London or anywhere near the underground, that was the safest place to go, straight down steps, underground, into the station. People who lived in London, you can see actually films and things that occasionally come on TV or anything from the um, history archives at all. You'll find that um, you've got lots of, um, you'd see the people down there who spend quite a long time. Certainly they'd go down every night if they didn't have a shelter for them. If they lived in flats, um, which nowadays people tend to call apartments, um, they would not stay, they would all go down every night onto the um, station, the nearest station. Were you ever evacuated? No. No, no, I Harry didn't suffer tremendous things in comparison to other areas. Um, when they went down to the London Underground, would there be, like, um, like, a little room in there with, like, their... No, they would just... They would all be along the platforms. But, of course, the, rate, the trains would be stopped. They would be running. And um, during the war in particular, I must tell you about the food, because um, when I was a little girl um, and before the war, you didn't have um, very many um, aeroplanes flying food in like it comes in from all over the place these days. Um, you had your food used to be whatever the particular time of year was. So in autumn, um, the farmers would grow root vegetables and things, as they still do. But you wouldn't have things like runner beans and peas. So it's now greens. Yes, it would be all the, the winter vegetables were at that time. Um, nowadays, of course, you can have any vegetable you like in the supermarkets because they're grown in the hot countries, which are out of season to us, and flown in. But so during the war, we didn't have very much choice for food at all, and we were all rationed. We had a ration book. It was a book with lots of little um, coupons on, like little stickers that you would have, but except you had to cut them, if they weren't stuck, you'd go into a shop and you'd, you'd say, oh, um, can I have them allowed two eggs this week, and maybe half a pound of butter, and maybe some bacon or something. Would that have to last you the whole week? Yes, you had so much per head, per person. That's what you were allowed. So you were allowed, I can't remember what it was, but say it was one egg, one each week for one person, something like that. How do you know how much you were allowed? Because they, the shops had the rules and regulations and they told but you. But say the egg? 
used to look along the tins and choose and point to the one I'd like, and she'd open it up and take out one chocolate biscuit. And that was such a treat. I really did enjoy it. But I had to be like a little mouse and sit and be very, very well, be well behaved whilst my mother did the shopping. Sorry. <laughs> and did you, every week, did you get a sweet um, a biscuit? If I was going shopping, yes. And what was the name of your doggy? Yeah, oh, sorry? Of your dog? Simon. Oh. Simon. Any other questions you can think of? Um, what, and did you like it? Or was it a really difficult time, do you think? What, during the war? Yeah. I really didn't know the difference. You, you just, you just experienced it and you just, because you were a child, you didn't know any different. That was just what was happening around you. Was the bomb shelter dark and cold or was it like nice and warm and bright? Uh, no, it was quite dark. Um, they used to have, a, you call them paint these days, emulsion, but they used to have a paint called distemper and that would reflect the light. That? You have tried, thank you, then. Just sound it. Um, what was it? What was it? Um, it was, did you have a radio and what programs did you, what radio programs did you listen to? Did yes, we, we used to have a children's hour, uh, story time, children's hour. And I can remember when we first had a television, we had a lady called Annette Mills, and she had um, a little... Um, <laughs>
um, warden, which was for fire. They were what they wore. I remember he had a tin hat, brown tin hat, and um, if they, when the bombs were falling um, and the all clear, they would go out and about. And before the all clear, um, particularly I remember you couldn't show any lights at all in the evening. You had to have what they called blackout. And he would go around and knock on houses. If you could see a chink of light, they would knock on your door and tell you, you must cover it up. Why? You mustn't see any light. But the idea, I think, basically, was that the um, planes, when they came over, all the streetlights were them out. I never had streetlights during the war. They weren't completely out. Um, because it would show they would have light to see where they were flying. And so it, mean, it meant you deprived them of any light. But it was quite a serious offence that you didn't um, black out your windows. So we used to have special curtains that would come down or blinds that would come down. But say you did it by accident, that was like a tiny bit of box. chink. Yes, that's why you had air aid wardens such as my father used to go around and um, knock on people's doors and say, you're showing light. Did he out every evening? I think they had, um, like everybody else, I think you had certain days of the week or evenings, etc. when you were on duty, same as in a group, uh, or very policeman. Really. Do you prefer, like, um, now or when you were our age? Um, a little bit of both, I think. Um, you have far more opportunities, I think, today. Um, but I think you don't basically entertain yourself quite We always entertained ourselves and used to every Christmas uh, myself and my cousins would get together. We'd have terrific fun on Christmases and on um, Christmas Eve my father would play the piano and we'd sing uh, Christmas carols on Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day and all the aunties and uncles used to come for Christmas tea and that used to be her home in the drawing room which was a room upstairs. And Christmas trees would be put in there, and we weren't allowed to see it until Christmas morning. The door would be locked, and we would open it. And also, paper chains. We used to make our own um, strips, you know, with um, paper chains and things. We didn't have all the wonderful decorations you can buy already done in shops now. Um, what did you get for Christmas? Did you have like one present and then maybe a tangerine? No, we had a traditional Christmas stocking. But it was an old-fashioned stocking, a proper stocking that someone used to wear. And yes, we had the traditional, um, if I remember, walnuts. It used to be wrapped in pretty paper and um, tangerine or whatever really they could get. And then you'd have a few small little things, um, maybe a book, because your parents would hope if you had a book or a colouring book that you wouldn't wake them up too early. And you probably couldn't do it. Um, one of the most beautiful things I ever had as a child was my doll called Sheila, but she had a china head, and they were made of china in those days, and she would have a soft body with a china head, and unfortunately my little sister dropped it and smashed it, and it was taken to a, um, there was a shop in Harrow that used to be called the Dolls Hospital, where they used to mend and do that together, all sorts of toys and things that were broken. You could take them to the girls' hospital. Did you ever believe in Santa Claus? Oh, absolutely. I still do to this day. Don't you believe in fairies? Oh my God, I don't say that. I believe in fairies. Well, I do. I believe in fairies. I will always believe in fairies and always believe in Santa. 
was your most favourite present that you ever got? I think um, probably Sheila. And then I think a little as I got older, I remember being given a real fountain pen. But it was a pen you had to dip, dip into the ink. Were you quite pleased with that? Oh yes, I felt extremely grown up. But we had much more simple things. Um, we used to, going back to Christmas time, lots of times we would dress up, we would actually write plays and we would act them. And I remember particularly when the war was over, we had a street party and everyone got together and all the mums made different foods and they put all the tables came out from the houses and the chairs and they put a long, long table going the whole length of the road as much as possible and we had an enormous party and then in the evening they had people playing musical instruments and the piano was brought out of someone's house onto the road and someone else would play a trumpet or a violin and um, the parents then danced in the evening and celebrated. We were allowed to stay up late in the What's the latest that you stayed up on Christmas? Uh, could, oh, Christmas time normally. No, oh. We went to bed uh, about 8 o'clock and then the um, adults on Christmas evening would have drinks and snacks and they would hold conversations with each other and maybe perhaps play cards. What did it look like? Was it like, was it like dark or was it? Why do you ask me that? Like the area, the Harrow at that time. What well, did Harrow it look was like? lovely. Harrow had lots of wide streets with trees. Um, the uh, the area I lived in has long gone been totally spruced. All the trees cut down. Um, it was very spacious. The pavements were quite wide. You had lots of shops. Would you like some water? No, fine, thank you. Thank you for looking after me though. <laughs> um, did you did you do the um, did you crowd by the radio or the TV to um, to listen to the announcement of the um, Winston Churchill's announcement that the war was over? I believe they did, but I can't personally remember it. I don't know what time of the day it was. Or anything the school or not. I can't really remember. Was there like a big cheer, do you think? Oh yes, I think people were very, very excited. Very relieved. So that's when I had the street party? Yes, it, it, it means yeah. yes. It means that you um, that we had obviously we got excited because uncles that had been away at war in the Navy, the Air Force and the Army would come back after us, you know, um, sort of a couple of months or so. And we, we, You've been to all these uncles that you really couldn't remember or you didn't think you knew because you've been away so long. And then you'd have aunties who had their husbands away and cousins who'd be really excited because they'd actually get to meet their fathers. Some of, some of them would have been born in the war and would never have actually seen their father. Their father would see them for the first time because they'd missed them totally being a baby. Um, did you uh, ever go to an American base, or did your parents go to an, ever go to an no. American base? No. Anything else you want to think of? Are there 
your doll and your dollhouse, what would you play with? Well, I used to ride my tricycle. And it had a bell, and I love ringing the bell. <laughs> I was always riding around the surface and ringing the bell. I love skipping. I did. I love skipping. I used to skip a lot. With a rope? Yes, with a rope. Um, at school, we used to have a very, very long rope. But it was a rough rope, not like a proper skipping rope. It was a piece of rope that one of the dads had given. And we used to skip in long lines between three of us. Which I think you still do today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to love my dog's pram, I remember. Too. Did you ever go to, um, apart from in your swimming pool, did you go to, did, you, did they have like baths and swimming pools like? Yes, we had an open air uh, swimming pool. I remember particularly there was one in Kingsbury, um, which only closed a few years ago. Um, mostly we would go um, in the summertime, we would go away for a lot longer than we would have appeared to have a holiday these days. Um, our fathers would take us down to the country or down by the seaside and um, we would stay for about three weeks or a month and they'd come down and visit us sometimes. Because I can remember when I was tiny, the summers were much hotter than they are here now. We found that the seasons were much more seasonal. We had proper winters with snow and autumn and summer really was quite hot. My, my birthday is in May and one of the things that my parents used to do for me was to fill the car with all the children all the different things and would take us out to the country um, for my birthday. And I used to have a birthday party in the woods. And it would be extremely, extremely hot. We could always um, book the time with our friends and say that was the day we were going to do it. And I can never ever once remember it raining. It was always sunny and dry. We used to go to the woods and we picked bluebells. We weren't allowed to do that now. Um, what? Well, I think it's um, probably against the law because if everybody called up bluebells, exactly, they probably were overfit. We used to love doing things like that, make Daisy chains, and we play hide. Again, it was so safe you could play hide and seek in the woods. You couldn't do that now without an adult being with you. Um, it was so safe; nobody would um, really. Wouldn't come to any harm, wouldn't get lost or anything. And also, um, when I went to live in the countryside, when I was um, at boarding school, my parents moved and I went to the countryside to live. You could actually leave your doors open and no one would come and burgle you. It's totally safe in the village. Did everybody know everybody in your area? Yes. It's very like you knew homely. everyone. You knew everybody. Shopkeepers knew you by name because you tended to shop at the same shops. And if you wish wanted to fish, you go to proper fishmonger. And you had the local butcher. And you had the grocers that I mentioned, Cranes. Do you think any stories to tell us about when you were little? Oh gosh! Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to think. Um, not that I can particularly remember now, other than 
delved back a long, long time. <laughs> um, now I told you about the, the uh, nun at school. I remember that, obviously. Because I can remember it stinging across the back of my legs. <laughs> oh, I can remember making my first communion, uh, which was at, was to do with the school. And, and we had, um, it used to be really quite exciting because we really didn't have many girls at the school who weren't the same um, religion as yourself. So you all used to make first communion together and it was very special. And it was made at the Salvatorian Church across from us. It's a boys' school, it's still there now. And um, it used to be really, really special. And I remember the mums used to sort of um, try and outdo each other for the best headdress. And my mother ordered a professionally made one. The flowers were fresh, made at the florists. And I remember it smelled, I can't remember the flowers in it, but it smelled absolutely divine. And we used to have, um, they called it the Corpus Christi procession, which was the day after. And that usually was in the late afternoon. We used to have a procession. Um, the nuns used to make a big fuss of us. We had a fantastic breakfast after, after we met out. Would you have ringlets in your hair and what was your dress like? Oh, the dress would be white. It would be a little bit like a bridesmaid's dress. I would have ringlets in my hair because I have to put my hands in the dress. And again, we had little gloves. Lacy gloves. And a long dress. Thank you for talking to us today.